I couldn't allow anyone else to tell me what I could and couldn't do. And in the same breath, I had to understand that no one else would be there for me. I had to be there for myself. And because of that, I'm very much that, you know, I'm going to say what I got to say. I'm going to do what I got to do because I know at the end of the day, I'm taking care of me. No one else is. That's Omega Jones of St. Louis. He's a 26-year-old singer and actor talking about how a childhood in the foster care system taught him self-reliance. I'm Nancy Fowler, and this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. It seems like Omega Jones really has mined a silver lining from his difficult past. Just a few weeks ago, he won the Theater Circle Award for Outstanding Actor in a Musical for his role in Ragtime. It was his very first professional role, and he played the part of Colehouse Walker, an early 20th century African-American piano player who challenged racism and the status quo. Now Jones is starring in another Stray Dog Theater production, Jesus Christ Superstar. He plays the role of Jesus. I talked with Jones about his recent experiences on the stage and how he got his start in the performing arts. Um, I grew up in church, as most black people do, most likely. Like, honestly, if there's a black person in theater, they grew up in church. Um, But grew up in church singing um, with some very important people in my life, like my aunt and my sister. Um, And then uh, one of my favorite movies to watch when I was a kid was West Side Story. But, um, yeah, I've always loved the show. And then in high school, um, it was sophomore year of high school, and I had just moved to this area, so this was the first time I had gone to this school. And uh, they were doing West Side Story. And something told me I need to audition for the show. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I've never acted a day in my life. I've done random things, but, like, not actually a full-blown musical. Um, and this was at McClure High School? This was at McClure High School. Okay. And I auditioned for it, and I got the part of Arab. Um, and the rest is kind of history. I kind of caught the bug from there. I just started doing it as much as I could. Went to college. Um, didn't do much theater. I was more in the music area. Um, but then came back and kept doing it. So recently you won uh, the award for best actor for yeah. your role <laughs> as um, Cole House Walker mm-hmm. in Ragtime. Tell me about playing that role and being in that musical. That was a heavy role. Um, I mean, honestly, when you audition for something, you're like, I want this part, but if I don't get this part, it's okay. Um, I went in and won in Cole House, but I was like, I will accept anything in the show. I didn't know the show that well, honestly. I just knew it was a very important show, and I listened to the music. And Brian Stokes Mitchell, one of my inspirations, had done Cole House Walker, so I'm like, let me try. And so when I got it, I screamed. But You screamed? I screamed extremely loud, because that's when I also got the, I got the call that was Cole House and Jesus in the same uh, Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, so I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, that was a phone call that, that said, was, guess what? What yeah. did they say? Who said it? it? Uh, Gary Bell. Uh, he said, yeah, you're going to be playing. Theater. Yeah, with Stray Dog Theater. Um, he said, you're going to be playing Co-House Walker Jr. And you're going to be playing Jesus Christ. And I was like, wow, okay. I'm glad you trust me. Now I'm scared. <laughs> because officially that was my first leading role. I mean, first professional leading role ever. So I was like, wow. Yeah, he trusts me a lot, obviously. <laughs> but no, um, then just starting that show and really getting into this character and who he was and the stuff he had to go through, it was really hard to just allow myself as a black actor to allow myself to really do like get into this character who just let the world tear him down and just 
he he was hurt in that show, and it was it was hard. Like I cried every night. It was hard not to. In Harlem, men and women of color forgot their troubles and danced and reveled to the music of Cold House Walker Jr. This was a music that was theirs and no one else's. Um, there's a scene in the show where Sarah's girlfriend, I mean, Cold House's girlfriend, Sarah, who's also the mother of his child, um, is beaten and killed. Uh, and he has to... Um, see her body. And what we did in the show was sometimes, you know, other people take her off stage, funeral style, while I actually picked her up in my arms and carried her off stage. And then I had to come back on stage and I was bawling from there to the rest of the show. Like, it was, it was emotional. And it was, it, it was a proud moment, though. It was a proud to be able to say, I played that. I played somebody so important to black theater and, you know, theater in general. It was, it was very nice and honoring. Wow, so every night you really felt I that. I legitimately, act one finale, especially since my best friend Ebony Easter is wailing in my face down uh, below me, and I'm just, I'm, I can't I can handle it. In the audience? In, well, in the show. She played oh. Sarah's friend. Oh, okay. So that she has a big solo moment at the, um, in that finale, in the act one finale. And with her and the cast behind me and just that weight, I, yeah, I, I lost it completely. I'm on that stage bawling as I'm singing. Wow. And it was, whew. I mean, part of it was acting, obviously, but part of it, I just couldn't hold it in. Like, you can't, how do you do something like that and not just let yourself really feel it? Mm-hmm. So it came up. How do you relate to that character in the, the ways in which black men are hurt, even, you know, of course, still today? I mean, it's so hard because we, I, I always say I've, I'm aware of everything. I tell my best friends, I tell everybody who meets me, the one thing you need to know about me is I see everything. And I had an epiphany the other day. It's like, I think I'm like this way because black people are accustomed to be aware no matter what. If there's a police behind us, we have to be aware. Are they coming after us? Or what do we what do we do wrong? If we're in the grocery store, somebody's looking at us wrong because perhaps someone's using WIC. Or, you know, we're buying more than we should be able to buy. We have to see that. And, like, are they judging us? Or why are they judging us? Like, every day we have to view the world in a different light and with Cole House, that's kind of what it, how it was. He was a somewhat wealthy black man in the turn of the century, and no one liked him just because he was black. He was fine. He wasn't doing anything. Um, he played his piano in Harlem, and he just liked to have a good time. Um, but he came, and he just lived his life, and no one liked it. And that's not saying that no one likes me, but that's something I, I have to face just because of the color of my skin. And just to see the trials and tribulations he went through, it's like I'm glad we're not at that point. But unfortunately, history repeats itself and you see black men getting killed and black people getting lynched and people getting hurt just for existing. And I'm grateful I haven't been one of those one of those numbers yet, but it could happen any day, honestly. So that was always in my mind when I was playing him. It's like, thank God he had the drive and self-respect to say, no, I'm going to continue fighting whether you like me or not. And that's kind of my stance already. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm sure I get flack because of that and I don't care. Because I'm going to I'm going to be true to myself regardless, and I'm going to stand up for what I believe in and stand up for what I deserve, um, black man or not. <laughs> so that yeah, he his drive and his motivation like really, really settled with me. Why do you think you're that way that you're like kind of like take me as I am? Well, um, I mean, as a child, I didn't have the best life, but who really does? Um, and I was in foster care and out of my life, and unfortunately that not only made a wall um, for me, like I didn't, I built up a wall, but also I became super independent. I had to guess it was myself or nothing else. Uh, I couldn't let anybody else 
I couldn't allow anyone anyone else to tell me what I could and couldn't do. And in the same breath, I had to understand that no one else would be there for me. I had to be there for myself. And because of that, I'm very much that, you know, I'm going to say what I got to say. I'm going to do what I got to do because I know at the end of the day, I'm taking care of me. No one else is. So, I mean, I have been such a hard, like, people say I have no heart. (laughs) And that might be true. That might not be true. But, I mean, it's just I have to be true to myself no matter what. And if you don't like that, unfortunately, you don't pay my bills. So (laughs) that's just the truth of the matter. How does that play out in your acting, in your professional life, do you think? Um. I think, I mean, I think it has a, 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 a part, you know, it definitely helps me be able to be true to these characters and be 100% or at least what I can give, which I hope is 100%. Um, I've always been able to, I guess, you know, create a backstory for a character, whether it's there or not, and really show that on stage. I've always been able to just commit. Um, and perhaps that's that, you know, you have to go 100% or you're not going to succeed. Perhaps that's where that comes from. I don't really know, but... I've always been able to really dig deep into these characters and really try to have a fully fledged, realized, you know, character on stage. (laughs) I'm curious, and this may or may not even be true, but like, do you think there might be like emotions that are almost too painful to express in your real life, but you're able to tap into those on stage and then express them in a way that you might not if you were just telling someone about it? You know, possibly, um, because the blunt truth is, I do feel a lot. I'm very empathetic. I've been empathetic since I was a child. Um, I just have the ability that some people might not have, and that's the ability to not show it. A lot of people wear their fa- I mean, <laughs> if I feel some way, you might see it on my face, honestly. But a lot of people just, they can't not express everything. I can hold all that in. So perhaps I it is easier for me to show that in a character in some way, shape, or form because it's not me. It's that character, and I can utilize what I've learned and what I've gone through to further enhance that character. I mean, that's definitely plausible. I mean, I, I probably don't realize it's happening, but it definitely probably does happen. Okay. I don't mean to therapize you. No, it's fine. Keep going. <laughs> um, there'll be no charge for this session. <laughs> So, let's talk about Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. <laughs> um, recently, there was a, a rendition, a live rendition of Jesus Christ Superstar, mm-hmm. in which Jesus was black. Mm-hmm. And historically, that's been unusual. Is that is that right? That is very true. Okay. Um, so, is that a role you ever envisioned you would play, or is that a role you envisioned you might have been locked out of because of historical casting? Honestly, um if you ask anybody about Jesus Christ Superstar and you show them a cast or you tell them the cast and there's a person of color in the show, they're most likely Judas and Jesus is white. It's just how it, not how it's always been, but we know with Ted Neely and Carl Anderson, it's like Judas is black, Jesus is white. That's just how it is. Most Jesuses I've ever seen are all white males with long hair. The, the picture that society has painted Jesus to be. So I know this is very impromptu, but is there any way that you would perform something from Jesus Christ Superstar for us right now? Uh, I mean, I can. Uh, like, just sing something? Sure. Um, ooh. I only want to say, if there is a way, 
Take this cup away from me, for I don't want to taste its poison, feel it burn me. I have changed, I'm not as sure as when we started. That's the beginning of um, Gethsemane, which is the most emotional song I have ever had to sing on stage. Whoo, it is powerful <laughs> and it hurts, both physically and emotionally. Like I'm drained after that number, after that number. Um, and I don't know how the crowd's gonna react to it. Hopefully good, but I just hope somebody's moved because I'm singing it and I'm struggling on stage, <laughs> honestly. That was local actor Omega Jones talking about his role as Jesus in Stray Dog Theater's production of Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm Nancy Fowler. And this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast, produced with help from my editor, David Casares. The music you heard is a mixture of recordings by other performers from musicals that Jones has been in, and also work from local musician Eric Hall. You can find Cut and Paste at stlpublicradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Cut and Paste is sponsored by Gemma, architects, planners, and designers. If you have a smart speaker, you have access to the entire world of NPR and St. Louis Public Radio. All the latest news and all the captivating stories. Activate our voices with yours by telling your smart speaker to play St. Louis Public Radio.